Good evening, everyone. It's Thursday, Necro Thursday, and I welcome you all to this week's episode of Necromaniacs. How's it going, Mike? Uh, it is going well. As Mike just said, it is Thursday, Necro Thursday, and you're listening to the very, very own, your very own Necromaniacs podcast. Um, I am doing well. It's uh, Monday when we're recording this, uh, Martin Luther King Day. Nice to get that uh, extra day off, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I didn't realize I had the day off until like Friday of last week. And <laughs> I was like pretty stoked that I had a three-day weekend, weekend coming up, you know? Yeah, it is It is nice. Um, coming out of like a, a Christmas break to get this, and then in February you get uh, the President's Day, and then, then there's really no days off till Memorial Day. So that's, you know, unless you go on a vacation or something. So it is nice to have and enjoy. And the weather's not too bad. It's not that cold, huh? It's a little brisk, but, you know, it's, it is January after all, you know, in the Northeast. So True. Could be, could be a lot worse. Um, listeners, if you're new to the show, uh, usually at the beginning of the show, we like to talk a little bit about what we've been uh, watching or listening to or checking out or reading. And uh, in that spirit, Mike, what, what about, uh, what have you been up to? You've been checking out. Well, saw some really cool stuff. Uh, some of it's controversial, you know, because uh, there's been a lot of uproar about this one mo- movie that I saw last Friday. And uh, mm-hmm. of course I'm talking about Skinamarink. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, well, it's going by one of two, Skinamarink or Skinamarink. Okay. <laughs> so, you, I think guys, either one is acceptable. Choose choose your own adventure with this pronunciation, yeah, I guess. Okay, because <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant anyway. Uh, True. Um, yeah, so this, uh, you know, I figured I'd catch it in its most likely very brief theatrical run. So I, mm. I caught it at the AMC over here in Edison, and I uh, caught the last show of Friday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I bought my tickets online, you know, I noticed I was the only person in the theater. And, uh, <laughs> but when I got there, there was a, you know, I, I would say about six people, uh, mm-hmm. besides, besides me, a couple of, uh, mm-hmm. dates, you know, and, uh, <laughs> everyone had pretty much bailed, uh, by about 10 minutes into the movie, except wow. for this one, this one dude, who was sound asleep, like at the end of the film, like when it was time now, to go. Why even go? <laughs> why yeah, that, even that's go? what I'm saying, man. It's like, like, oh, let's go to a movie, you know? Oh yeah, let's see this weird experimental film that like is one hour and forty minutes long. Like, it's on you, man. It's not the, you know, it's not. What do you want from me, man? You go, you take a chance, and this is what you get, you know? Hmm. Maybe, uh, you know, he was uh, under the influence or maybe like he had seen another movie beforehand and was on a, on a movie tear and he was, uh, gonna, you know, just a tired ass person. But that is weird to fall asleep that early into a movie. Hmm. It's harder to do that these days because I've done that before where I've paid to see one movie. Then I like like snuck into another one, you know, and yeah, watched yeah. two or three movies in a night. But nowadays you buy your seat. You know, so you might be taking someone else's seat, you know. Ah, uh, that is true. Yeah. The, the good old days of, of, you know, like you just, you, you bought a ticket, you sat anywhere, you know. You, <laughs> yeah. you kinda, 
those days, depending on what theater it is, are kind of over. I guess. Yeah, you're right. yeah. The AMC is like pretty. Uh, you know, you, you get like a, a a seat number. You know. <laughs> but uh, a lot of a lot of chatter about this one, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems there's some people who've outright hated it, uh, like really hated it, thought it was ridiculous and pointless and what did i just see and blah blah blah, blah waste of time then there are people who enjoyed it and thought it actually was quite terrifying and, and quite scary um now i have seen the uh short from which it is based on by you know the same director which can basically only be seen currently on youtube it is called heck h-e-c-k uh, it is a short film. It is about 20 minutes, 20 and change. Uh, I enjoyed the short, I must say. Uh, right. It fucking scared the shit out of me. Let, let me cut um, in real quick here. So that short that we watched about a month ago, that was heck. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so I yes. saw that too then. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the same director as Skinner Marink. Um, and apparently, you know, it builds upon, uh, you know, the rough basis of the story the the short is one child the young boy with a missing mother the full length skin america is two children with missing parents and it's way more than 20 minutes it's an hour and 40 minutes mike yes it's uh very long yeah. um, long you know and um and then there are people who are saying who did see the short and saw the movie that this should have stayed a short didn't need to be this long so me i'm intrigued i, I want to see the film you know so yeah it's it's um hard to say all right there's only probably about five people that i know that i would recommend this movie to you know mm. i wouldn't recommend it to everyone but if you like this david lynch's early shorts right if you like the begotten Okay, mm -hmm. experimental film, you know. And if you are a fan of, say, Thomas Ligotti or something like that, mm -hmm. his fiction, this movie is for you. All right. Okay. And, and that's that's it. If you if you're not in if you're like not into any of that stuff, if you uh, you know you don't want to watch like uh, you know an hour and forty minute experimental film, you know, sit this one out. You know, what I mean, go. I mean, no, no harm, no foul. I'm just giving you guys a breakdown of what what you're in for, you know. But I would like to know: is it is it a scary film? Yes or no? Were you, was it you know? Oh yeah. Does it have from, from from minute one till the very last moment of of the movie, I was like, it just has this sinister uneasiness to it, you know. Mm. And uh, there's some definitely chilling parts. Um, but like I said, it's almost it's more it's more of like this creeping, like internal, sinister vibe than like, you know, gore or you know something like that. You know what I mean? You just feel like, like I said, you, you just feel disturbed through the whole film, and you need a lot of patience too. Yeah, I mean. The short isn't even that much of an easy watch. It's you, you got to kind of be vested in it. And, you know, I, I was definitely a bit, you know, disturbed by it. And there was the one scene in particular that I won't spoil that was kind of fucked up. And as a, to me, it has a very chilling 
uh, ending that was like, whoa, you know, it makes you kind of kind of think. But um, yeah, I would recommend perhaps seeing the, the the short heck first on YouTube. And for our more adventurous listeners, apparently, for our listeners who like stuff to be a little more kind of weird and out there or arty or just you know. Oh, Doyle, my cat, apparently is interested in it. He just yeah. gave a very loud meow. Uh, for cats, if you're a cat, you may like it. Uh, check out uh, Skin America. Yeah. To draw like a, an analogy, it's like if you, uh, if you go to see the band's son mm-hmm. and you expected to see Slayer, that's, that's kind of like well, what, the, what going to see uh, Skin America is like. Interesting. Okay. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Like they're, I get it. There's something connecting it, but it's not obvious. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, so I saw that. Um, I just also today, I just saw this movie called The Righteous that uh, Brandon talked about on his um, episode of Horror Wolf a couple couple weeks ago. And um, Mm -hmm. it's on, I saw it on the Arrow app and uh, it was pretty awesome. It was great. It was really, really interesting. Very, uh, very much right along the lines of the stuff that I like, you know, a lot of dialogue, uh, Southern Gothic, it's black and white, mm-hmm. like a lot of kind of characterization and monologues and things like that, you know, but that was very good. Oh, very cool. Um, on the non-horror front, I've, I've checked out, uh, finally, uh, the Paramount Plus show uh, with Sylvester Stallone, Tulsa King. Have you ever yeah, checked that no, out? No, no, it's on my list for sure, man definitely uh up to episode four stella and i started watching it i'm I, i'm really digging it i can see why it's gotten such heaps of praise uh kind of kind of instantly likable on the first episode and, and i think you would enjoy it as well so i've been i've been digging that on paramount plus i'll be digging more into that first season probably even later tonight um and i also uh yesterday saw something i think you might have seen on uh, HBO Max, which was episode one of The Last of Us. Did yes. you check it out? Oh, I did. I, I oh, really, really that dug was, it, actually. Yeah. Wow. I mean, talk about something that hooks you in. Hold on. There's a very loud fire truck outside my window. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of activity today in uh, Jiker Heights. Anyway, uh, talk about something that hooks you in in like the first 10 minutes that opening sequence of the uh talk show in 1968 was uh, brilliant what what did you think about that scene that opening scene oh yeah i mean obviously from the from the beginning of this thing it seems like there's like a very well um thought out vision Mm -hmm. for this and that's you know i i thought that that really set things up you know yeah, um, I mean, and they, you know, they go from '68 to 2003. Not going to get too much into the spoilers; it is kind of brand new. But uh, the entire 2003 moment, which is at least of almost uh, almost a half hour of the show, maybe 20, 25 minutes, was just gripping. Like you're just you're glued to your TV, in my opinion. You're just, and it's fucking disturbing and scary and riveting and. I mean, I, I can't wait to see where this thing goes, man. What about you? Yeah, and it's got that dude from, uh, uh, was it Narco? Narcos. Yeah, and The Mandalorian. And yes. the Man- yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't, I haven't watched The Mandalorian, but 
But um, um, he's, he's great on that. Yeah, Pedro yeah. Pascal. Pedro yeah. Pascal. Yeah, that guy's great. That guy's killer. I like that dude. And uh, it's from uh, the, the the people who directed the uh, miniseries, the award winning miniseries miniseries Chernobyl on HBO. Uh, so yes, almost a horror horror series. Almost. Yeah, I mean that was dark as yeah. fuck. <laughs> I mean. I, I can almost see that the style from from that kind of definitely in the in the beginning part, you know, of of uh, the Last of Us. Um, I am not a gamer. I don't play video games. I, I am going into this as a clean slate, and I, and I think you know, I think it's kind of a good thing. If I was too obsessed with the game, maybe I'd be nitpicking things. But since I don't know about the game. Uh, this is all brand new fun territory. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I can't wait to see where this thing goes. I may even give it a second watch, actually, because I really want to kind of hone in on the stuff that was taking place in 2023. So, it's probably a good idea. You know, I, um, I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of this. Yeah. I, no, no spoilers yet. Just came out, but uh, highly recommended from the. From the Necromaniacs, uh, The Last of Us on HBO Max. Um, tonight, Mike, we are covering, um, I guess, what is among the first batch of, uh, of brand new uh, output for 2023. But this is kind of weird because they, uh, folks over at Netflix put this out into the theaters in the last week of 2022, only to debut on January 6th. 2023 on you know their platform and of course we're talking about the pale blue eye from director scott cooper is this a 2022 film or a 2023 film i don't know but all i do know is that before we get started i started shouting out our brothers in the uh, horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse but i want to mm -hmm. give, give our uh, propers to the rest of the crew before we get rolling so i i agree yeah. i agree so, so before um, I, I mentioned Brandon, and he comes at you guys on Monday with Horror Wolf 666, and he's got old school, new school, luminaries, up and comers, all within the horror genre. You know, interviews for pretty much everybody, and he's got a bunch yeah. of great guests. Great Tuesday, show. Tuesday, well, you know, I mean, Normally on Tuesday, we would see uh, Jackie Smith giving us into the necrosphere, but my man's still uh, still MIA, man. We're missing missing him. Yeah, still, we uh, miss you. Soaking up the rays, man. You know, <laughs> and he's got to come back and start. Uh, you know, I, I, I need my Tuesday fix of extreme metal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on Wednesday, folks, we have uh, Mike Hill's very own "Everything Went Black." podcast the uh kind of the mothership around here the podcast that kind of uh, preceded all of the podcasts that we're going to be plugging right mike <laughs> yeah you know it's like at this stage of the game it's like a pretty wide variety of different stuff on there like i've had like you know musicians uh filmmakers authors uh josh barnett was on the uh former ufc champion <laughs> he's been mm -hmm. on um gavin van vlack a uh, man of many talents has appeared on that show a couple times. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. a bunch of different people over the years, you know, great stuff. And of course on Thursday, you're listening to it right now. Your very own necromaniacs podcast, the horror podcast. This is the only one 
No. Um, <laughs> and on Friday, we have uh, John Draper's Break the Apocalypse for your comedic needs, your social commentary needs. Uh, also a bit of a mixed bag show. They talk about horror quite a bit on that show as well. But uh, quite different from this show. And that is, of course, your uh, Break the Apocalypse. Uh, coming to you on Sundays, we have Carl Knox's very, oh, Carl Hikara's very own Soul Knox podcast. Right, Mike? That's right. And uh, actually, just last night, uh, Carl and I recorded an episode about the Robert E. Howard short story, Wolf's Head. One of his, uh, oh, awesome. yeah, one of his horror stories. It's a uh, werewolf story, you know. So, I'll of be course, checking that out. I'm always a big fan of that kind of stuff. Oh, very cool, very cool. And um, a little late in this one, however, uh, Break the Apocalypse has moved their new episodes to Sunday debuts. Actually, oh, okay, yeah. interesting. interesting. So, uh, yeah. You, you you'll basically now have uh, another day off. Uh, you'll have Friday and Saturday off, so it's like having a weekend off. You know, <laughs> um, we have to slot someone else in there. Then I guess. Yeah, I think we will. We'll have to find a, a you know a podcast to promote that comes out on Fridays. But uh, yeah, so you get a double shot on Sundays uh, with Break the Apocalypse and uh, Soul Knox. So how about that? Yeah. All right. So so back to. Uh... The pale blue eye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, actually, when the hell did I see this in the theater? I saw this, was it in January? No, you saw it that week, like that Christmas week. See, it's okay. it's, it's like a limbo, you know? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plunk this down for 2023 because, I mean, that's when, I mean, you know, it hit the streaming service. The, the physical media will be out in 2023. So, uh, you know, I, I, it would be a qualifier for me for 2023, although released in theaters December 23rd, 2022. Annoying. <laughs> it, it was it was a movie that I'm glad I saw in the theater, though. I mean, I um, it was only playing in two theaters, I think, mm -hmm. in New Jersey. So I, I schlepped up to uh, Montclair, New Jersey to see it at the Claremont and um, I had a great time. It was like a weeknight kind of excursion up there and it was a lot of fun um i learned today that netflix kind of did this on purpose uh they did the same thing with the knives out glass onion film it went to theaters for about two weeks and it actually made some coin because uh the, the prior nights out did very well um and then it, it goes right to their streaming service netflix and you know stays there for I, I don't know for quite a while forever yeah. i don't know um but uh yeah it's it's kind of their way of getting it in theater as like a theater qualifier or like for like award seasons and things like that so you know um i think the the business model seems to be working to a degree but this film it's a great film we're going to be talking about it, obviously but i feel like it just got a little bit lost in the shuffle mike you know yeah, but you know, I got to be honest. Um, it doesn't have blockbuster written all over it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and I would even say that this is almost like a very niche kind of film. You know? Yeah, it's it's got. I would say it is kind of 
gothic horror, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, although some might even say that it's it's not it's I don't know it, it it's got drama obviously and mystery. Um, some might not even agree that it's a full blown horror film because in some ways I guess it isn't a full blown horror film, but to me it is necromaniacs uh, worthy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it could be uh, an arguable point whether or not this is straight up horror. You know, I mean, it does have Edgar Allan Poe in it as an actual character. Uh, there's like uh, an occult murder, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some violence. There's, there's murder. There's violence. There's death. Yeah. Um, you know, gothic mystery thriller is what Wikipedia went with. And I, I like that. Yeah. You know? I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely falls within our um, our bandwidth of material to cover on this show for sure. Absolutely, and it is based on the 2003 novel of uh, the same name, which I, I would love to check out uh, by writer Louis Bayard. Um, yeah, it's you know, give you the, the, the top line crux. It is a murder mystery set in West Point in 1830 in uh, in good old New York where a uh, young Edgar Allan Poe is a cadet and a uh, retired detective, Augustus Landor, has been called in to investigate some murders, right, Mike? Yes, and, and Poe did actually attend West Point and was uh, discharged. Mm -hmm. And uh, That's right, uh, yeah. And yeah. he was there in 1830, when, in the winter of 1830, to be exact, um, when this movie takes place. So that's kind of cool. Uh Louis Bayard, uh, the writer, did his did his homework. I guess when he he wrote this book, he didn't just you know pull it out of his butt, as they say. But yeah. uh, are you wishing to check out the book? I I am probably get around to it, you know. But uh, mm -hmm. I have to say that as a native of the Hudson Valley, I have uh, taken a great bit of pride in the fact that uh, Edgar Allan Poe did spend some time in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, he sure did. Um, that is that is cool, and I noticed that throughout the movie, like they mentioned areas around there a few times, right? Like you know, like certain cities, um, which which I thought was interesting, or at least I, I picked up on a few yeah. New Yorky New Yorky moments, so yep. to speak. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was pretty accurate. That's that's what it looks like up there too, man. You know, just like yeah. woods, the Hudson River, the winter, all that stuff. Cool. Uh, a little bit of a little breakdown. We got uh, Scott Cooper as the director with uh, screenplay also by director Scott Cooper, uh, produced by Christian Bale, Scott Cooper, John Lesher, and Tyler Thompson. And it stars, of course, Christian Bale as Augustus Landor, Harry Melling as uh, Edgar Allan Poe, who was fucking fantastic, I must say, Gillian uh, Anderson. Of uh, X Files fame, of course, as Julia Marquis, Lucy Boynton as Leah Marquis, Charlotte Gainsbourg as Patsy, uh, the very cool Toby Jones as Dr. Daniel Marquis, and uh, Mike Toby Jones, Barbarian Sound Studio. Did That's you right. uh, pick up yep. on? I, yep, I That's recognize right. that dude right straight off, as they say. Oh, yeah, England. yeah, yeah. Uh, on an <laughs> early episode of Necromaniacs, folks, way back, we covered the excellent. Barbarian Sound Studio, check it out. Uh, Harry Lotte as Cadet Artemis Marquis. Uh, Simon McBurney as Captain Hitchcock. Hattie Robinson as Maddie. And Timothy Spall as Superintendent 
there. Uh, a lot of people in this movie, I mean, it, it centers around, you know, maybe a good half a dozen people, really. But uh, it is a large cast because it does take place in 1830 West Point, where, of course, well, there's a shitload of cadets and military men about. So, yeah, bit of a large cast. Did you catch uh, Robert Duvall in this? Yeah. Okay. Not initially. Uh, yes. Legendary Robert Duvall does have a role in this as Gene Pepe. Um, but uh, initially it was like, it, it kind of went right past me until another scene where he shown again. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Another little geek note here about, uh, Christian Bale's character, August Landor. There's, uh, mm -hmm. There's a story by Poe called Landor's Cottage, okay? Mm. And they it's funny in in some of the dialogue they talk about a, a cottage cottaging, a cottager. And they refer to him as like, "Oh, well, aren't you a cottager to Landor?" Yes. So, <laughs> that's right. I was just like, "Oh, haha, -ha, you know, like very clever, you know." But wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just like yeah. one of those things. <laughs> You know, it, I wish I knew more about Edgar. Like, I know, you know, some some knowledge of Edgar Allan Poe, but I, I wish I knew more because I have a funny feeling they might, it might be, like, loaded with a little more Easter eggs, you know, perhaps in this movie and in the book. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have, you know, you can buy, like, you know, complete Edgar Allan Poe volumes, and I've read the lion's share of most of his mm -hmm. work, you know. Ra Ralph is actually, um, Ralph Schmidt, is a scholar on Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that dude knows, you know, he's he's like the man when it comes to Poe. Oh, I'd like to hear uh, his thoughts on the film. That would yeah. be cool. I don't, I'm not sure if he's seen it yet, but yeah. Right, right, right. He's over in, in uh, Europe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, straight away, uh, Mike and I enjoyed this film, and uh, obviously, and we wanted to share our thoughts on it and covered on the old podcast. Um, what do you think of Bale's performance? Like, you know, I mean, it, listeners, this movie has gotten, it, it's gotten some praise in some places, but in other places, it's kind of gotten like savaged, which is, is a bit of a head scratcher for me. I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you that I, I, I haven't really read a whole lot about it. You know, I saw mm -hmm. the film, you know, from my from my take on it, and the reasons why I liked it is probably the reasons why a lot of people don't like it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I like that old timey uh, colloquial speech patterns that they use. You know, and yeah, um, yeah, and that probably turned off a lot of people. You know, um, could be. And I, look, it, this is another good winter film, right, Mike? I, oh, I think yeah. this is a this makes for excellent viewing for, for right now, January, February, March, this time of year. Um, and, you know, I think it was put out at the right time of year. But as Mike said earlier, um, it's not a blockbuster film. It's, it's, kind of a, it, it's kind of a smaller, quieter film, Mike. Am I, am I using the right terminology? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, basically part of it is a, procedural in some ways you know where yeah. there's a lot of uh collecting of evidence um you know there's some kind of uh analytics of uh the crime scene 
mm-hmm. uh, speculation about what's going on, interviews with people, a lot of dialogue. You know what I mean? And um, you know there aren't any uh, sword fights or you know car chases or fucking explosions <laughs> or anything like that. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like it's not. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a very moody, contemplative film. You know. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's a gothic mystery period piece and if you if you can't hang with that then chances are you really might not be able to hang with the movie yeah um if you're a poe fan i think it's probably an automatic checkout if you're a christian bale fan it's like an automatic checkout i mean he's literally he's among my favorite modern day actors so i i honestly when there is a new film released with him in it the odds of me seeing it is generally pretty high you know um Same. when i heard the the, the the basis of this film, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to see this movie, you know? Yeah, same. I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of his. Uh, I recently saw this GQ uh, on the GQ YouTube channel. Like, um, mm-hmm. he was talking about all of his roles and, you know, he talked about working on this film. And, uh, of course, like, you know, that he's like a really intense guy, you know what I mean? Just yeah, in general. He is. And, and mm-hmm. I, I appreciate his work, you know, and, and, um, you would never guess that he's Welsh, you know what I mean? He just seems like yeah. whatever, whatever character he's playing, you know what I mean? Like he's either, you know, you think he's American, you think he's like a Brit, you know, or he's, you know, it's, yeah, he's, he's great. I mean, he's a rare modern actor that can, I would say, can do literally almost anything. Like yeah. seriously, you know? Yeah, him, and, him and like Tom Hardy, you know, they're kind of similar mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you give them any script, you know, maybe not slapstick comedy, but who knows? Maybe he could do slapstick comedy. Who the fuck knows? I would be surprised <laughs> if he, if he would do well at comedy, honestly. <laughs> hey, th- there are laughs in American Psycho, but th- it's a different kind of laughs, I guess. But it's, you know, that, that movie shows his range. If you really think about it, it shows it's quite a bit of range. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Melling, though, as much as I thought Bale was a like, great in this film, mm-hmm. I don't know much about this guy. I just know mm-hmm. I know that he was in um, uh, what was he in Twilight or something like that, or uh, no, no, uh, Harry um, Potter, right? He's, Harry Potter. He's in uh, five Harry Potter films as Dudley Dursley when okay. he was a younger man. Yeah, not familiar with that. No, franchise. me neither. Never seen those films. <laughs> so he's brand new for me. And I think that he really is the star of this fucking movie, if you ask me, man. Yeah, he's he's got, you know, even though he's been in the business a while, I think this guy's got quite a future ahead of him for these kind of real deal serious roles. Uh, he is 33, um, but, you know, he, he made most of his bones in those Harry Potter films and, and known for his younger days acting but yeah he kind of really knocks it out of the park as they say i thought he was fucking fantastic yeah and and uh you know being a fan of poe similar to my love for hp lovecraft's fiction um when i see when i saw lovecraft being treated seriously i got very emotional about that similarly Mm -hmm. with uh with poe like seeing someone portray edgar Allan poe this way with uh you know, the care to really deliver a great performance. I was like, man, this is like, you know, I'm just enjoying him 
listening to his dialogue, really, you know? Yeah. Uh, Jillian Anderson plays a, a very interesting role as uh, Julia Marquis, the, the, the doctor, uh, Marquis' wife, the doctor played by Toby Jones, as you said before. Um, she's just, it's, it's weird to see her as like a basically creepy older woman. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. You know, I ha have the, the biggest crush on her for many years and, you know, beautiful woman. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, you almost don't even know it's her for a minute there. Right. Well, you know, Julian Anderson is still a beautiful woman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But they, you know, they definitely, you know, presented her more matronly in this, um, mm -hmm. in this film, you know? Yeah. For the role. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just really kind of enjoyed being in this 1830 West Point world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think the director, uh, Scott Cooper, who has done several films already with Christian Bale, um, and directed the excellent 2015 film, Black Mass, about the, uh, you know, Whitey Bulger, Boston mob, which I actually, I'd like to see that again. Yeah, that was a good um, one. He, he has several films under his belt, uh, Crazy Heart, Out of the Furnace, Hostels. Uh, Mike, you've seen some of these films, correct? I've seen Out of the Furnace, and it was a fantastic, uh, modern, southern, gothic, low-life crime story. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, to, you know, yeah. there's like a certain feel of like, you got these kind of low-life crime poverty you know depression kind of trailer park movies that's kind of what that's like oh nice yeah i definitely want to check that out yeah um as far as how much we want to get into the murders and stuff um i i, I would i would really like to urge the listeners to check it out and and not spoil a ton uh this movie has one ending and then a second ending, Mike. Would you agree? Yeah, I don't want to spoil the ending because there's a twist and uh, and it, I didn't actually see it coming. So I um, me neither, me yeah, neither. Actually, yeah. So I want to anyone out there for sure, definitely see this if you're if this if what we're talking about so far is interesting to you, definitely go out and watch it because it you know it's on Netflix, man. So it's right there. Yeah, yeah. It's. I would say the percentage of our listeners that that probably that at the base have Netflix and maybe Shutter together is probably quite large. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting was I noticed when the the you know as they say the killer was caught and the case was wrapped up, I saw that there was still thirty minutes left in the movie. Because when you hit pause on oh, Netflix, right. you yeah. know, mm -hmm. it shows you how much more is left. And I went, uh oh, <laughs> wait yeah. a minute. This movie is the killer has not been caught. <laughs> yeah, see, I saw it in the theater for the first time, so I had no idea like where we were at. I thought, okay, we're probably going to be out of here soon, you know. And then it, mm. and it moves on, you know. But uh, so yeah, my experience was a little bit more immersive, so I wasn't aware of how much time was left. Right, right. Well, the movie is it's a hundred twenty eight minute movie, so it's a, it's a two hour movie. So I guess literally right at about the ninety minute and change mark where you think everything is kind of wrapped in a nice bow. Um, there is more to the movie. And I, I have to say, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the twist. Um, and I, I, that I 
am so glad I didn't see coming because I almost feel like it made me enjoy the movie more uh, for, for this little added extra level of suspense. What do you think? Yeah, because if there wasn't that twist, it would have just been, um, okay, this all makes sense. We got the capers solved, you know, done deal, mm -hmm. right? And then also <laughs> there's like a very, very intense uh, personal scene between Poe and Landor. Which yeah. that it hinges on the twist in the movie, and it was like, you know, a touching scene, I thought. And let's let's talk about uh, Bale's character a little bit too, because I mean, you know, he's a he's an investigator, but he's like a mm -hmm. haunted a haunted man, and this plays pretty heavily into the whole narration, the whole narrative of this movie. You know, yes, he's he's an alcoholic, and he's a, he's a retired detective who was asked by the military to investigate the. The, the hanging of this this cadet named Leroy Fry, who apparently was you know he was not just hung he was also like you know his corpse was kind of violated because they, they ripped his heart out as well. It's got like this added twist to it. Um, and of course the, the 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 thoughts of of black magic and rituals kind of uh, come to, to the forefront as uh, another cadet is found. Uh, also hung, but with his genitals removed. Yeah. So there's some sinister shit at play. Yeah, there's some ritual murder. Uh, mm -hmm. Landor's out there living in his cottage. You know, get it? Landor's cottage. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny that they actually, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm spending way too much time talking about that, but its I, I got a kick out of that, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> But uh, there's um, some stuff that's gone on in Landor's life where he has a daughter and mm -hmm. she has left. Okay. Yeah. And we don't know why. We don't know why she's not there. Okay. And that weighs heavily on him. And that comes up when he's in his, his initial interview with the, the military guys at the academy. They brought up like, uh, you know, the, the, the issue of his missing daughter and all this other stuff. So it's, you know, he's, he's like a, um, you know, a slightly haunted man, you know, there, no, there's, definitely. yeah. So, and, and also the military acknowledges that he has a drinking problem because when he sits down to get the lowdown on what's going on, they ask him if he wants coffee and he's like, no, I want beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, imagine if you show up for your job interview and they offer you coffee and you're like, nah, I'd like to get an IPA, nice uh, IPA <laughs> while we talk about my, this job you're going to hire me for. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got a kick out of that. I got to be honest. I was like, wow, man, this guy's gangster. It's like, it's like, that's kind of like a dream to walk into, you know, something you're about to do and get paid for and go, eh, just give me a beer, you know, <laughs> big deal. It's but they're, they're quick to point out that there's to be no drinking on this assignment, right? <laughs> yes. But, of course, we see him completely disregarding that because there's scenes of him in the pub. And, of course, that's where we see um, Charlotte Gainsbourg, one of my uh, favorite French actresses, um, mm. as, as a, uh, you know, a, a bar keep, you know. And he ha mm. she has, like, a, a seemingly casual relationship with uh, Christian Bale's character, Augustus Landor. Yeah. 
it uh, you know they uh, they hook up in 18 1830 style yeah you know i i i've become a fan of uh charlotte gainsbourg's music too by the way oh really yeah she's a pop singer over in europe right well yeah i that name like i knew the name oh like, yeah that's right yeah she's a singer. you may remember that? her from uh antichrist and uh nymphomaniac by um uh lars lars von Trier. Yes. And uh, she also appears in Gaspar Noe's Lux Eterna with one of my other favorite French actresses, Beatrice Dahl. It's funny. I, 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 what kind of do for a new Lars von Trier film, huh? Maybe he's got something in the pipeline. Well, there is uh, that final season of The Kingdom with Exodus, which oh, uh, yeah, that came that's out. His, I keep forgetting that's his uh, thing, right? I, I actually signed up for Mubi specifically so I can watch that. Wow. Yeah, it's on there. So I, I have like uh, probably going to do movie for a couple months and they have the entire kingdom uh, run on there. So I want to watch that from the beginning, I think. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, wh while we are steering away from the, the actual outcome and the surprise and the, and the two endings, we, you know, we're talking a little bit about uh, some of the meat of the film. Right. Um, yeah. And th there is a, a, a black magic angle right yeah yeah there's there's uh certain certain aspects of these murders that have like this ritualistic vibe to it and uh landor consults um what's the guy's name uh who's the specialist in the occult matters and um and he breaks mm -hmm. down like okay. some of some of the background like oh this is uh you know these uh symbols and procedures that we're observing are connected mm. with some kind of belief system and uh and that's that's what we're looking for we're looking for uh there's a there's a culture behind all the murder and that's what we're trying to find someone who fits those profiles so that's the direction that landor is following and this all eventually kind of falls into the the doctor's family the marquis family um there's him and the wife, like I said, played by Jillian Anderson, uh, the daughter, Leah, and the son, Artemis. Um, it's, it's definitely kind of a little bit of a sketchy vibe going on with the family, right? Well, Leah and Poe have a burgeoning uh, romance. Yes. Yeah. And we learned that Leah has... I mean, to me, it almost seemed like she has like, what's that word? Uh, epi epilepsy, right? Yeah, epilepsy. She's got some kind of condition where she, mm -hmm. uh, you know, has uh, seizures and seizures. Yeah. Poe yeah. po, uh, witnesses one of those, and you know, yeah. Um, po, and, and basically, learned that Poe po, po rules in this movie, man. He just like, oh no, he really does. Yeah, he really does. He actually has. You know, Christian Bale has a lot of great lines in it, but ha Harry Melling as, as Edgar Allan Poe has fucking some fantastic lines because he, you know, he's a writer. So he's, you know, anytime he opens his mouth, it's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> and pretty much from the get-go, you get the uh, the vibe that that uh, that he's an outsider. Uh, he's not fitting in. Um, you know, he's into... He even makes this statement about how he's different because he's into 
certain aesthetics, which I thought was really, really cool. Like he, that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm into certain aesthetics and that doesn't <laughs> connect with everyone here, you know? And, um, and Landor taps him on the shoulder to be kind of his, uh, second in, you know, it's like his, his, uh, right hand man in this investigation. Yeah. I mean, and you know, there's, we, we kind of learned there's a little bit of a reason for that later yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spoiler free. Um, which I must say again was, was I think quite a masterful twist as they say. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But as it turns out, uh, the doctor, uh, it's basically try, has been over the years trying to find a cure for his daughter Leah's uh, seizures, right? Right. And of course, we learned that the family, yes, has indeed turned to black magic in order to try to cure her of the seizures because we do find out that black magic is within the family from prior generations, correct? Yeah, and that's, that's a, a really cool aspect of the, um, of the story here, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, the bigger question is, is murder a part of the family's history? And are these, you know, is the family, in fact, murderers comes into play, right? Well, and also, uh, there's a suspicious eye being cast at Poe as well. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, because we learned that each of the cadets. Uh, Sure enough, has in fact over the course of time had a run-in with Poe, including one of them where Poe threatened to kill one of them once. So it's like you know some some red herrings here, right? As they say, that they're, they're throwing out some breadcrumbs and putting some possible suspects out there. I mean, we have a, a couple of suspects to choose from, right? Yeah, you know, and Poe is definitely. I mean, if you think about. It made me think about like the West Memphis Three or something like that, where you know the uh, you're in some redneck environment, and of course, if someone gets murdered, it's these weirdo like goth kid, like new metal goth kids that uh, <laughs> you know, that are, that are like, oh yeah, it's those guys over there, like hanging out, like you know, sniffing glue and listening to corn and stuff like that, Marilyn Manson, yeah. you know. Blame it on Poe. He's got. Yeah, Poe. You know, Poe. You know, he's like this, like morbid, you know, artistic guy that isn't like everyone else. And um, so, yeah, of course, he's he's the guy who did the murders. You know. (laughs) (laughs) But things are not what they seem, right? And you know, is this family a bunch of uh, satanic, uh, occult, ritualistic killers, or are they not? We were, we're going to leave that question unanswered for the listeners, but we will say that uh, does become a part of the plot and comes into play. Um, and like I said, there's a, a bit of a double ending, which, again, was quite enjoyable. Um, I enjoyed everyone's performance. Uh, you know, I don't think there were any any weak links in the cast. Uh, even Jillian Anderson, who's not not in a lot of it, she she's quite quite you know creepy and i i think i think she should perhaps be in more darker films what do you think yeah yeah i mean i think um it looked like she was having a blast playing that character too 
Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, she was out. It was like she was just really chewing the scenery, man. And it was, it was. It looked like she was having a lot of fun doing it. No, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is the first or well, maybe the second uh, of the newer batch of twenty twenty three ish films that we're going to be covering. Um, so yeah, even though we we've, we've really gone right out of the gate with spoilers for other movies, we're going to hone it in on this one, you know. Yeah, I mean this this feels like it just came out, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, well, you know, inspect, you know, the, this guy did it, you know, with a knife, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Good night. He's the killer. You know? Yeah, he's yeah, the killer. Exactly. Yeah. My mom does that to me all the time, actually, when she's like, we're like, she's like, I thought you saw this movie. And I'm like, no, Ma, I didn't see it. Thanks for ruining the entire thing for me. <laughs> see, I've been, okay, after we've taped episodes, Mike, like I've thought about, you know, certain moments of certain episodes and I've been like, oh shit, like there are things I might have said or, or you yeah. might have said and I'm like, Oh fuck! Maybe we shouldn't have done that. But we got. I think maybe a good, a good um, resolution for this show would be a little bit more <laughs> mindful about some of our spoilers. <laughs> maybe we should structure the show in a way that we give people a heads up that okay, you know, I know we've tried to do that, but maybe on these newer movies we should try a little bit harder to do that. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we cover a movie from the seventies or eighties. It's too fucking bad. If oh, but all bets are off. <laughs> you know? If you didn't, if you didn't see vampires, that's on you, man. It's not my fault. That's on you. you. Know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, we'll always preface it with the, with the spoilers verbal announcement, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of kid when I say that because I realize there are quite a few movies from the seventies and eighties that maybe our listeners haven't seen. But, uh, anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, I am giving uh, Pale Blue Eye a very, very solid four out of five on the Necromaniacs chart. What about you? I give it a 4.5, man. I I probably, this is like, I mean, you know, this is a personal thing for me, man. I, I just loved seeing Poe on screen, mm -hmm. and I loved the dialogue, and I just remember going to the theater and sitting there and I had my little cup of coffee and sitting in the dark by myself watching this movie and being completely just having the best time watching this movie. And I really, really enjoyed it. And it's not for awesome. everyone, man. You know, it's like I said, if you don't like a lot of dialogue, you know, and you don't like, uh, you know, that old time vernacular, then maybe this isn't for you, but I love yeah. that kind of stuff. And I, I thought it was great. Me too. Um, I, I definitely recommend it for, for the people who like thriller, you know, mystery, gothic, winter set, uh, old English kind of set movies. It's that's right. definitely the warehouse. Uh, and I just thought this was a nice way to start off the year, as they say, you know, with a, a movie like this. Also, I really, even, even though I love the Vincent Price, you know, the Roger Corman, you know, like Mask of the Red Death and the Pit and the Pendulum and like all those like really, uh, you know, kind of exploitation style uh, adaptations of Poe's short stories. I'm mm -hmm. kind of hoping that this might spur some re revisits, revisitations to that material. Because um, I, I tell you what, man, I'd love to see like someone like someone do 
some of those uh, some of those movies, you know. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, who knows? We may, depending, I think, on on the success of the 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 fall of the House of Usher, uh, which is coming out from Flanagan uh, later this year. Oh, that's Maybe right. We'll see, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe we will see more of that. Oh, I gotta be honest, though. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what what the setting of that is. Um, I know it's all the House of Usher. I know it's Flanagan. But is it? I don't know if it's set now. Is it set that? Like you know what I'm saying? So you think you know, that it might I be set we'll in in 2023 or something like that in the 21st century? I mean, century? I don't. I, I, you know, who knows? I mean, I. I Interesting question. I imagine it is set in the past. I imagine. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I wonder if period pieces are something that people like. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what people like. I mean, if you think about the Legend of Hill House, um, the, I'm sorry, the Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. and uh, Bly Manor. You know, right? Those are like gothic tales. You know, Shirley Jackson's type stuff. I think there's an okay. appetite for that, you know, and I think that um, that people might uh, might be open to that kind of thing. Okay, so I had to look it up. Fall House of Usher, upcoming horror drama, Mike Flanagan, Netflix, which I believe is his last his last thing for Netflix because I believe he's going to Amazon now after this. Oh, wow. uh, it wrapped July 9th, twenty twenty two. Shot in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, let's see. Mm, again. I imagine it is it is old timey, as they say, but who knows? I can't imagine it not being, you know, like it's like set in like Chicago or L.A. or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't imagine that being good, really. You know, I, I, no, I can't I imagine that. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, Carla Cugino, Mary McDonnell, Mark uh, Hamill, Henry Thomas is back, Kate Siegel, a lot of the usual suspects from Flanagan. Do you, think, um, do you think that if he hadn't cast Kate Siegel in that, that there would be uh, trouble at the household? Oh, he'd be in big trouble, mister. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, inter- the interesting thing of note is that um, Frank Langella uh, was in the cast, but some, some shenanigans went down uh, last year. and He was replaced by Bruce Greenwood. Hmm. Uh, he, he had a misconduct investigation on him. Oh, on misconduct. Set. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, still not exactly sure what happened there, but something happened. Um, uh, and Langella was playing Roderick Usher. So, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, played Damn. by Bruce Greenwood. Interesting. Well, he must have really fucked up, man, to have him. Indeed. He's like yeah, one yeah, of the main guys what he did. the story. He did something. Don't know what he did. But uh, looking forward to it nonetheless, of course. Mike Flanagan. Yeah, you know, and then uh, so what is there? What is he doing over at Amazon? Is there anything announced for him on his next, uh, you know, projects that he's going to do over there? I am not a hundred percent sure. Uh, let's see, because I I heard that this is his last piece of work for, uh, you know, Netflix, and he has an Amazon deal. Uh yeah, December Collider, December first. Mike Flanagan moved to Amazon as Netflix deal comes to an end. Well, his deal came to an end. I think he had a several, you know, picture quote unquote deal, 
and maybe it didn't get renewed. Maybe there's a money issue, but Amazon snapped them up. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, thank you all for checking us out week after week. We appreciate the support. Um, if you could, please, if you're a listener uh, over at uh, iTunes on Apple, leave us a review. Uh, if you're on Instagram, please follow us, Nickromaniacs Podcast. Right, Mike? That's right. And we appreciate everyone who already follows us on uh, Instagram and sends us messages and shares our stuff. And we are also on the old-timey Facebook for you old-timey people. Right, Mike? You know, do, <laughs> do people still use Facebook? Yeah, definitely. I mean... Uh, I think so. Maybe not as much as they used to. Our Instagram page is a bit more lively. Yeah. But yes, I, I would say people of a certain age do still use Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I go on there every now and then. I mean, I mainly just to post stuff, you know, and like mm -hmm. Messenger. Like a lot of people uh, exclusively communicate with me on Instagram Messenger. You know, but yeah, Instagram Messenger and Facebook Messenger are are great ways to keep in touch with anybody really um yeah. but uh i think overall we here at necromaniacs get more action on the instagram page so that it is what sense. it is all right. indeed all right uh we hope you enjoyed this episode we hope you will check out the pale blue eye on netflix and we will see you next week take care everyone
summer as when she's free.